Experience worship. True worship. Experience the word. Bringing you wholeness. Experience the warmth of fellowship. Experience wholeness at Lighthouse. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday at the Lighthouse. House 7, Plot 2 Stroke 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. Visit our website at www.lighthousenergy.org or contact us at info at lighthousenergy.org. The Lighthouse, lighting your pathway to destiny. Glory to God. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to service this evening. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Um, compliments of the season to everyone once again. Um, I believe we've been experiencing the joy of the season. Um, and for those that were able to maybe take a few days off work, um, I hope we're also spending it um, to to rest and as we trust God for clarity as we get into the new year. Um, really give God praise for what he's done so far in 2023, for how he's brought his word to us and he has made his word good, real. He has actualized those words in our life, you know. And tonight, I trust God that as we look into his word, in continuation of the study that we began last Wednesday of 2024 in perspective, planning for 2024, that God will inspire us, will open our eyes, He will instruct our hearts to identify the specific things that He wants us to do in the name of Jesus, that He will hold our hands, He will instruct us in the ways to go, we guide us with his hands in the name of Jesus. The Bible says there is a spirit in man, the inspiration of the Almighty gives him understanding. It asks that the Holy Ghost will inspire us tonight in the name of Jesus. Why don't you just spend some time wherever you are and just pray in the Holy Ghost for a few minutes? Lika Zakataya the bowls is there every day. The Bible says that the spirit of a man is the candor of a Lord. Searching all the inward part of the belly. Why don't you just take some time to lighten that candle for the Holy Ghost? Lick a Zacataya, the bowls 
Zaka kaya kapu suir gede lekete lida da 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 the same highs or hearing here, you've made them both. Lita pulse, the airable, shatayada both, Santa. You make a high scene, you make a hearing, you make a heart of quick understanding in the name of Jesus. That will prepare in line with your counsel for us in 2024. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you praise, oh God. And I declare tonight, wherever everyone is connecting from my heart, Lord, that your power will reach out to everyone in the name of Jesus. Everyone who might be sick, who might be weary in their body right now, I send forth your word. The word heals everyone and delivers them from every form of destruction in the name of Jesus. I speak strength, strength to everyone, strength. I speak strength to everyone in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask, Lord, that you move freely in our midst. Move freely in our midst, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, you are the omnipresent God. You are present everywhere. Yes, Lord, we trust you that you reach out to everyone and even those that will be watching after the session is over. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, mighty Father. Thank you because I speak freely your counsel. You inspire me to speak the word in season to your people. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So last week we started looking at, you know, 2024 in perspectives. And um, the approach we took was to look at the interesting experience that um, Joseph had, you know, with Pharaoh. Um, I mean, we read through the story in Genesis chapter 41, how God brought a revelation to Pharaoh. Pharaoh was a secular king, you know, he was not anointed by God. He wasn't the king of God people, God's people. It was just a secular king that, you know, was just available and God decided to put his vision in his heart because he had planned for the elevation of his son. Of course, if Joseph was not in the picture, perhaps the dream wouldn't have gone to Pharaoh, perhaps. But because God has designed it for the uplifting of Joseph, which will be instrumental in preserving the generation of Israel, God puts the dream in the mind of Pharaoh, you know, and Pharaoh had the dream. Remember that I said that it all starts with a revelation. It starts with a revelation. And as a people, God has given us a revelation. Pharaoh had a dream. He saw seven fattened cows, seven fattened cows by the river, you know, very fat, well-fed, favored cows. And he saw another seven you know, cows that were like malnourished. In fact, they were so malnourished, so thin that in the history of 
Pharaoh's existence all through his lifetime. He has never seen a cow that is as malnourished like that in the kingdom. He has never seen. So, but he saw the seven malnourished cows, you know, eat up the seven fat cows. And he was puzzled. He was puzzled. You know, and the same thing also with the hair of corn, you know, the very lustrous ones that were grown, well, you know, matured, that were green, were eaten up by the ones that have been have become famished or thinned by the heat wind, you know, that's beating them. So he had this revelation, which was God communicating what is to come. You know, to Pharaoh, and not just Pharaoh, to Egypt, and not just Egypt, indeed, to the rest of the world at that time, when that revelation came. And I emphasize the fact that, yes, why there is revelation, just as we have a clear revelation, you know, from God concerning 2024, God has declared through, you know, his servant, our father in the Lord, our senior pastor, our lead pastor, Pastor Daniels, that 2024 it's a year of the unlimited God. It means that God wants to show himself as God that is all-sufficient, that cannot be caged, that cannot be limited, that cannot be constrained, that cannot be held back in our life in 2024. That's, that's, that's an amazing revelation. And we also know that we are still within the window of the decade of the 12 prophetic cycles that we have, the decade of possibilities. So it means that God is going to be doing awesome things beyond the things that we can even accommodate, beyond the things that we can think of, beyond the things that we can pray about God is doing. So the revelation is very clear. When Pharaoh had a dream, Joseph came in, interpreted the revelation, brought clarity as to what is to be done. But there was another important thing that Joseph now presented. He presented a plan. Having interpreted the revelation to say, this is what is in the mind of God that he has revealed, then there has to be a plan. There has to be a plan. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. We are putting in place the right plan that's going to guide our actions, that's going to guide our activities in the new year. Because where there is no vision, the people perish. When there is no clarity on what to do, when there is no guidance, you know, then there is trouble. So it's important that we plan effectively. And that's what we're doing. Um, in Luke chapter 14, verse 28, Luke 14, verse 28, very important scriptures. If you can have it on the screen, it's beautiful. I'm not standing, I'm just going to read from here. Luke 14, okay, verse 28. He said, is there anyone here who planning to build a new house doesn't first sit down and figure the cost so you will know if you can complete it. Is there anyone here who planning to build a new house doesn't first sit down and figure the cost so you know if you can complete it? So even ordinarily in setting up a house, 
there is the thinking, the planning that goes into it. So if building a house will require planning, of course, for those that, you know, maybe you've carried out this project before or you've been part of this project before or, you know, you studied a course that is around estate management or development, you will note the volume of planning that actually goes into building it. Even if it's a bungalow, there are some planning that goes into it. Thinking around it first to even determine, okay, what kind of structure do we want to put there? They're now going into drawing the architectural plan of what that structure will look like. You know, based on the vision of the structure, it influences the architectural plan. And depending on the kind of use that the building is going to be for, the architectural plan makes accommodation for that use in its design, right? So if it's going to have windows, the number of windows it will have, it's going to have doors, the number of doors it will have, all of that is a function of the use of the building. And after the plan has now been designed, then the quantity of material that needs to be put in it in order to set up the structure now needs to be calculated. All of the materials need to be calculated. And the choice of the quality of material is also dependent on the use of the building. So based on the quantity of the various materials that will be used, you know, from the metals for, to the, you know, to the blocks, to the frames, everything that will be that will be needed, the roofing shade, the supporting wood, everything, calculating the volume. By the time that is calculated, then a cost is now clearly projected that this is how much is going to cost us to put up this structure. But if you don't do the planning, step by step, you're not going to end up with the kind of building that you desire. Because the planning that has been laid out is what will influence the activities that will now happen afterwards. So after all of the quantity has been quantified and the resources is confirmed to be available to start building and you start building, it is the plan that has been designed. For example, in buying the materials, it is the quantity that has been estimated that will guide the purchase or the procurement of the materials. It is the design that has been planned out that will guide where those materials are put while setting up the various you know, structure of the building. So you see, fundamentally, the planning must be in place for all of those activities to align, such that at the end of the day, the kind of building that has been envisioned can now come to life. The same thing with our life as we journey into the new year. If we don't sit down to plan, if we don't sit down to design it, to ask key questions, what we're going to get is an haphazard structure, an haphazard building at the end of the day. When they say a building, you know, collapse, different things makes for the collapse of the building. And part of the things that makes for the collapse of the building is when the strength of the subsurface have not been effectively determined before the structures are put on it. When you don't plan for the subsurface, testing the quality of the sand, on the, identifying where the 
you know, the bedrocks have. By the time you are putting in the pillar for a tall building, if you don't do all of those analysis, plan all of those things out effectively, and you just go ahead and just try to build, then you find everything come, coming down, you know, one after the other. So God wants us to plan our life under his guidance. He wants us to plan our life under his guidance. That's why in Job chapter 32, verse 8, it says there is a spirit in man. The inspiration of the Almighty gives him understanding. There is a spirit in man. Our spirits have the capacity to receive what God is given. Our spirit have that capacity to receive what God is given. So our response is to receive that revelation and plan with it. And plan with it. God has made us, you know, spirits. We are spirits, right? But we have souls. I have a soul. You have a soul, right? With my soul, I can reason. With my soul, I can feel. I have emotions. With my soul, I can make choices, right? I can think. I can reason. So God gives us inspiration as to what he wants to do in the new year. Our own responsibility is to sit down and think it through. And think it true as the Holy Ghost inspires with thinking it true, planning the process so that at the end of the day, we can bring to bear the plan and the purpose of God for our life. So it's very critical that at this time, uh, we don't just enter into the new year haphazardly, but we plan effectively for the new year. When we started last week, we started talking about, you know, Four critical areas. We touched on the spiritual, the family, relationship, and financial. We talk about spiritual, family, relationship, and financial. And today we're going to be looking at the remaining four parts, which is our career, our enterprise, our personal plans, and our health plan. So we're going to focus on those four key areas, you know, today. If you remember vividly from last week, for those that were not around, please, I would encourage you to go and watch the video on YouTube. You know, um, we laid the foundation for this teaching last week. Uh, it's important that we know that the spiritual is like the pillars, is like the pillars of our realities in 2024. Every successive year keeps getting darker and darker, you know, because we are at the we had we had what we call the the hand time. In fact, some Bible scholar will say that we are the very later hand of the hand time, right? So what it means is that we are actually very close to the hand of this age. Right. So, and part of what we see in the scriptures that are synonymous with the hand of this age is the fact that, you know, darkness will cover the heads and gross darkness the people. Bible says that but the Lord will arise upon us, will shine his light upon us. 
He will shine His glory upon us. His glory will be revealed through us. So much so that kings will come to the brightness of our rising. But you see, all of that is a function of the spiritual foundation that we have built. The spiritual foundation that we've built. So very critical as we plan for 2024 is planning for our spiritual edification, our spiritual engagement, our time with God, the time we're going to be spending to pray, the time we're going to be spending to meditate on God's word, the time we're going to be spending to read. You must not allow anything to take these away from you because these are the times that we are building our strength. The Bible says that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So each time we engage, in prayer, either corporately or individually, we must understand that these times are times that we build strength. These are times that we build capacity for the things that God is doing in our life. Hallelujah. So let's get into the conversations today. The first is career. What kind of career progress do I want this year? The year 2024 has been declared as the year of the unlimited God. What kind of progress are you anticipating in 2024? What kind of progress are you anticipating in 2024? You need to be able to define it for yourself. You know, one good way to define career progression is to look in your industry. Look in your industry. Look at where you are in your industry. And look at what the career path looks like in that your space. How are you looking at God helping you to advance in that career path? Do you want to take the traditional path that comes just by your strength, which is I'm going to spend three years in this role. After three years in this role, I get promoted to this other role. I spend four years here and I get promoted and I spend five years here. That's the traditional career path for everyone. You don't need God to follow that career path. That's the career path that anybody's head, anybody's knowledge can deliver to the person. But we're talking about working with the unlimited God in your career in the new year. How are you seeing God helping you to advance? What are those new experiences that you are believing God for? What are the perks? What are the benefits? What are the kind of remuneration that you are looking for? or they are believing God for in your career path. So you need to be able to spell that out. What kind of promotion do you want to see? You know, for some people, they will say double promotion. For some people, they want to move to become manager, you know, in the industry, in another organization, or in their own organization. Whatever it is that you can believe God for, you put it there in the new year. You should understand that as we are setting this goal, we are saying that this is what God will do for us in 2024. This is our plan. This is our expectation about what God can do for us in 2024. Where we put in our efforts, we clearly identify it. Where we're relying on God, we clearly identify it. So it's very important. So having identified the kind of progression that you're looking for in 2024. Oh, I want to be a senior manager. Oh, I want to move into a CEO role. I want to move to a CEO role. I want to move into a regional director role. I want to move to a senior analyst. Whatever it is that you're believing God for, 
or you probably want to switch career, want to move into a new industry, whatever it is that I believe in God for, you know, spell it out. Then the second question is, what skills do I need to acquire to improve on the job? So while you have set the goal of what you are trusting God to do, then we need to identify what are those skills that personally I need to hone. What are those skills that I need to develop in order for me to be ready for that next level? You see, God does not put mediocre in position. God does not, you know, he does not use position. Let me put in a better way for everyone to understand. You know, God does not reward a lazy person with a position meant for the diligent. Maybe I should put it that way. God does not reward a lackadaisical person, you know, a laid-back person, you know, with a job that is meant for a diligent person. No, he doesn't. You know, so what it means is that when you believe God for something, you need to position yourself, develop your capacity, such that when God's favor opens the door, then your skills can occupy the role. So what it means is that even though when you look at the career progression, you look at the skill set that are required, maybe the skill set of a senior manager or an executive director or a CEO or, you know, when you look at those roles that you've projected, you want to know what skill sets are required for this role. What are the requirements for this role? Are there professional exams required? Are there certifications required? And begin to now identify those skills and those exams. Those are the things that you're going to be working on. What are those skills that you need to acquire? And you see, one of the ways to show to God that we are ready, that we believe, is when we actually go all out to acquire the skills. When you go all out to acquire the skills, you know, when you go all out to acquire the skills, acquire this qualification, what we are saying is that we are showing our step of faith and we believe that God is going to make the double promotion, the triple promotion happen. He's going to make the appointment happen. The promotion that has been stalled is going to unlock it in such a way that will beat everyone's imagination. So it's important we set the career progression, the career goals that we want. Then we identify the skills that we want to acquire and the professional exams that we want to take. That's very important. So as you now get into the year, you are now highlighting when you are going to be doing this, when you're going to be, you know, what you're going to be doing to improve on those skills. Are you going to enroll in a short course? Are you going to be reading books? Are you going to be, all of those things, you now break it down. But you need to first answer at this first level. What are those skills? What are those exams you need to do? The next is, what new relationship in your sector do you need to develop? And with who? 2024 is not a year that you can stay in isolation. 2024 is a year that you need to collaborate. It's a year of collaboration. It's a year of partnership. People that try to, you know, uh, be an highland are going to lose relevance in 2024 because you're going to require insights, information from different people, from different angles in order to be able to succeed in 2024. 
So it's that year of partnership, it's that year of collaboration. So we need to identify what new relationship do you need to develop in your sector? Who are those people that are doing amazing things, trying to make impact in your sector that you also need to meet in order to build together? Then another important question you need to answer is how do I stay informed on the happenings in my industry? How do I stay informed on the happenings in my industry? There will be different, you know, um, meetings, meetups, you know, groups, industry focused groups, you know, that you have the opportunity to be a part of. 2024 is that year that you should leverage them. Associations, you know, that you can be a part of. You think about those in um, those in management, you know, the Institute of Management, both local and internationally, you know, those in project management, the various institutes of project management, you know, taking advantage of all of those associations and their meetup. In fact, one of the things that we've seen that has really triggered the growth that we've seen, particularly in tech sector, is the strength of mini meetups. You know, people just meeting up on a regular basis, having connect sessions, just sharing ideas. From sharing those ideas, people get to meet co-founders that they come together to build the solution, right? So that opportunity to rub mind with other people, opportunity to pick on trends, pick on what are the things driving growth in your industry, it's very important, right? One thing you find out is that the new technology, the new innovation in your industry, the new ideas in your industry, you won't find them in your typical textbooks that you read in university. Because when you check those your textbooks, they were published several years ago, right? You find the new ideas in presentations made by people. Those that are actively doing research, people that are connecting, having conversations. So they make the presentations when you have the meetup in conferences, they share insights, share ideas that can trigger you know, the growth that you're looking for, unlock the growth. So you need to decide in 2024 to be part of industry events, industry activities. And most importantly, you need to have a clear way of getting up to date, you know, with happenings in the industry. I remember when I first started out in MyMe Consulting, you know, um, years ago, and there was one interesting thing that one of the partners always make us do then. Every week, every every week, a new, you know, an analyst takes up the role, you know. And what was that? She will make us comb through the business news across major publications. So you think about you know, business day for local news, you think about highlights from CNN, focus on Africa, Financial Times, you know, and some of the local news. In fact, we even do some gossip news then, you know, the... Um, what's it called, you know, Linda Ikeji at the time, you know, just highlighting some of the key happenings that have happened. So just doing the summary of those news, then sending to everybody in the organization. So someone will do the summary for Monday, for example, then share with everybody, you know, in the organization and people in different locations, in Lagos, in the US, in the UK, everybody just picking up the news and they get to know what are the highlights you know, of what is happening in the ecosystem within that period. That's insight. That's insight. I didn't realize how important that was. It looked like a task for the analyst in training then. But over time, I realized how vital that was. 
You know, I mean, a lot of apps, they haven't been developed to start curating information. If you look at your Google News, for example, it shows you highlights of different things based on your interests. So it's important one is abreast of happenings in the industry. What major contribution do I want to make that will be beyond my job description in 2024? You know, one of the things that we begin to see also is that people that think beyond themselves are actually getting rewarded. They are called change makers. They are called, you know, impact makers. They are called social innovators. They're called, you know, change agents, right? So the question you want to ask is, You've been on your path in your career for 15 years, for 20 years, even if it's just five years. But what have you been doing as a way of volunteering your knowledge to people around you? What have you been doing, you know, as a way of just contributing beyond what you do to hand money or to hand salary, to add value to people around you. What have you been doing? You know, so you need to det determine what you're going to be doing in this coming year that we add value to people around you. You know, you see people, what they just do is they create information, just put together links, links of where you can access different videos, that can teach different skills. I mean, just today, just going through um, one of the one of the you know the pages of one of such people created videos for seven key skills that every young person should learn in you know in the new year. And I saw the link. Said, yes, this is a good link to share with people. You know, someone took his or her time to curate that by just gathering the information and just sharing. Nobody's going to pay him for that. He has his day job, but he's doing that to add value to people. Someone will see that or someone will see the link when I post it and utilize the video, acquire the skill and get a job, right? That's impact. So we have to think about how we're going to make contribution beyond our, you know, our daily pay jobs. In what capacity are you going to be volunteering? What move, what change move are you going to be a part of, you know, this year? I mean, some even have something very, very close to them that they're not even looking at, you know. Perhaps maybe you are in HR, you know, uh, you know, I mean, whatever role you might be playing in your organization, you have the, the Lace Empowerment Foundation finishing school as an opportunity to volunteer. You know, you need to just identify one way or the other where you really want to volunteer, you know, to be part of people different. I don't mean where you're working, you know, uh, as a spiritual service. You know, that's what we do. You know, we are kingdom ambassadors. We live our life for Christ every day. You know, every day we go to the marketplace, we live our life for Christ. When we come together corporately, we have different responsibilities that we take corporately. That's part of what we do, you know, as part of our spiritual service. But I'm also saying that as far as helping someone else's career, as far as part of adding value to what can even be just be part of a group that goes to motivate young people in secondary school, or a group that talks about sex education, you know, to young girls, or you know, a group that's 
goes around and you know renovates schools, just help with painting and all. I mean, there are different groups that we have today. And if you're inspired to start one, you start it and get your friends to volunteer and be a part of it. If you want to share ideas, share thoughts, write articles, put it out. Those are key things that we need to decide to do in this new year. So the next will be enterprise. You might be saying that, oh, I'm not the career person, but I'm sure you've learned one or two things from the career you know, um, section, even if you're not a career person, so to speak. Um, you are an entrepreneur, but you should also know that you are on a career path as an entrepreneur. It's a career path. You know, so what applies to someone who is on a professional track also applies to you. The only difference is that you are working within a business that you own or that you own a part of. You know, um, that's the only difference. Person working on a career path does not have ownership of the business. They are employee of the business. But you, as an entrepreneur, you're also on a career path, but you are working within a business that you own, right? So everything that applies to the career path person also applies to you, and much more. And these are the additions. Number one, what clear revenue target do I set for the year? The question you want to ask yourself is, how did we perform this year as a business? How did we perform this year? If you've been running the business, for second year running, you know, yeah, when you look at the revenue this year versus last year, perhaps it's better, perhaps it's lower, whatever the state may be, you need to clearly evaluate to decide if you're doing well or not. And what revenue target are you setting for the following year? Remember that in setting your revenue target, you must factor in the God factor. God said he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far above what you can ever ask or think. You have to put that, you know, in perspective. Yes, the easiest thing is to just use prediction that Nigeria economy is growing at 2.5%. So you want to do a projection of 2.5%. No, don't do that. Or so you probably look at the industry average. For example, for healthcare, you know, there are a lot of things that have happened within healthcare in this year. We even see a couple of, you know, um, international um, pharma companies that have shut down this year. You know, when you look at the health tech sector, the average growth rate has been put at about 12%, which is very, very low compared to what you typically find in the health sector. So you probably want to build your revenue target by saying that, oh, we'll grow at 12% year on year. No, that's not what you should do. That's not what you should do. The Bible says that the path of the just is like a shining light that shines more and more until the perfect day. It shines more and more until the perfect day. You know, God can do beyond our imagination, beyond economic prediction. So that's why when you are setting your revenue target, set it by what you are expecting God will, God to add to your own human effort. Set it by what you are expecting God to add to your own human effort. Don't set it based on your human calculation alone. If that is all that you've done, that is all you will get because you've not made any room for God. Any ordinary person, an unbeliever can set the same goal, you know, and get it by their power. 
But when others are saying that there is casting down our own song, our own confession, our own declaration is that there is a lift. I'm saying all of that to say that set a good revenue target for yourself. Believe God for a very strong revenue target. And when you set the revenue target for the year, you need to break it down quarter by quarter. You know, then from quarter by quarter, you cascade it to month by month. The reason why you're doing month by month is so that from January 1st, your high is already on what the target for January is from day one. From day one. So it's important we do that. Then the second key questions that you need to ask yourself is how do I promote or market my products and services better than I've done in 2023? How do I get the words out there stronger? How do I position my products better? What key improvement do I need to make on my products and services or on the business process itself that will make the product better in 2024, more competitive, in 2024? Those are critical questions that you need to answer. In some cases, you literally need to analyze your competitors. The other product that seems to be fast moving than your own product, the other services that seem to be more preferred than your service, you need to look at them, analyze them. Look at the customers they are serving. Look at how the products are positioned. Look at how the product functions. You know, look at the packaging, look at the experience that customer gets. What are the learnings from your various custom, from your various competitors that you can pick as things that you need to improve on? Because whatever it is that your competitors are doing very well, far better than you are doing, they are your competitors' point of advantage, competitive edge over you. So as far as those areas are concerned, they are strong, you are weak. So you need to identify those areas so that you can improve on them. I know that one of the major challenges that a lot of small businesses have is actually around processes. You need to think through your process, where you need to bring in technology, bring, but you need to understand your fulfillment process. You need to understand your production process. You need to understand the process of managing customer complaints. All of those things have to be clearly articulated. Identify areas where you need improvement. Now, you might not be able to do everything at a sitting, but identifying that, oh, we need to improve on our customer complaints management process. We need to Im improve on our delivery process. We need to improve on our production process. That in itself has set you on the quest of doing way, way better in 2024 than you've done in 2023. Next will be, who in my network can I leverage to reach more customers or clients this year? One of the things that, you know, I must say for a lot of people, particularly believers, you know, is that we are really very conservative. We feel, oh, I don't want to be overly demanding. Oh, I don't want to be asking for too much. Oh, I don't want to be this. I don't want to be that. I don't want to disturb you. I don't want to do that, you know. But the question is that if God has planted people around you that you can leverage to reach more customers, that you can leverage their insights to do better, then if you fail to engage them, it is not God that has failed you. It is you that you have failed. If as a matter of fact, when you now dig really, really deeply 
into the matter, you realize that the reason why people don't connect with people or ask for help or leverage people, it's pride. It's pride. You don't want to be let down. You don't want to be turned down. You know, you don't want to be turned down. That's just, you want to keep your reputation intact. But you see, entrepreneurs are not individuals that seek to be reputable. <laughs> entrepreneurs, they are not individuals that seek to be reputable. They are individuals that goes all out to create value, leveraging the resources at their disposal. So if what you want to be doing, you want to be keeping a reputation, no, it's not for you as an entrepreneur. Maybe someone who is on a career path, who either the person works or does not work, person performs well, does not perform well, there will be complete salary at the end of the day. Maybe the person could do it and get away with it for some time. But as an entrepreneur, you are the rainmaker in quote. It means that if you don't act, your actions or inactions have consequences on your business, which is also the livelihood of some people, people that depend on salary that come from your business. You know, it means that if you don't act, the consequence of that, your inaction, will also impact them. So what it means is that when you have people in your network, leverage them. Ask for help. Ask for help. The key thing is don't be a user of people. When you go to people and you ask for help and they provide the help, they provide the guidance, they do the connection, they do all of those things. Have good words to give in appreciation. Have good words to give in appreciation. You know, things as simple as, you know, just, you know, making a remark that shows that, oh, in us getting this thing done, we leverage social person. Or social person advice that we speak to this person, you know, just giving that regard to that person beyond even gifts. You know, gift is taking it to a notch higher. Say that, oh, thank you so much for the idea that you gave. You know, just want to say, just to show an appreciation for the support provided, you know, and that's that's taking it a notch higher. But you see, in any case, anyone that is available to be leveraged to be a connector just want to you know to know that he has done what is good or what is done is what it you know and you just show gratitude in words thank you for the connection this is how it turned out and all that you know but when you're also the kind of person that when they connect you to an opportunity or connect you to, you know, you you always want to subvert the person that does the introduction. Um, a lot of those be shot against you. So who in your network can you leverage to reach more customers? Next, what measure for proper financial accountability will you put in place? As the CEO, you are the managing director, the, the one who determines what happens, what don't happen in your business. But you remember that you need to put proper financial accountability systems in place. All your business money is not your money. You have to pay yourself salary. You have to put structure around you know, your expenses. You don't just dip your money into the business money. Very critical. Then next, how can I treat my staff better? How can I make my customers happier? What kind of growth do I expect? 
So you must think about it. What are those things that my customer, my staff wants? What are those things that my customers want? Listen to them. Get feedback from them. You can't meet all the needs of your staff. It's not possible. You can't turn your company to a company that 100% that satisfies everybody's need 100%. It's not possible. But understand what are the most critical needs that unlocks productivity for them, you know, and provide it to them. Understand what your customers want. Get feedback from them. It's very important. And what kind of growth do you expect? Where do you see the business at the end of 2024? Where do you see the business at the end of 2024? Where do you see the business at the end of this decade? What kind of expansion growth are you looking for? Write it down. Write it down. The next will be personal. Now we've touched on six areas. We're going to the seventh area. The seventh area is personal. It's personal. Like I mentioned last week, there is no particular order that is um, like order of priority for all of these eight pillars. You know, imagine that they are like pillars standing, you know, side by side, right? Imagine that there are pillars standing side by side. You know the way we set up a set up pillars for a bridge. You know, when you set up pillars for a bridge, just think about the bridge. If it's Todd Miller that comes to your mind, it's a cool bridge. And if it's London Bridge that comes to your mind, whichever bridge, you know, that comes to your mind, think about it. Those, the particular bridge you're thinking about is standing on pillars. It has pillars that are holding, that are holding them in strategic positions. So you can't say that this pillar is more important than that pillar. They are all critical pillars. So the pillar at the beginning of the bridge is... Okay, my apologies. Um, the internet just disappeared. Um, okay, uh, I was speaking to establishing priorities for 2024. Um, very important. Every one of us must be able to clearly identify, okay, what's my big goal? You know, in 2024, what are those dreams that are most critical to me? Now, we have like eight pillars that we are looking at, right? Um, but out of all the eight pillars, I need to be able to identify which of this is the most critical for me. You know, which of this is my own priority? For some people, it might be, you know, the priorities for 2024. You know, the, number, the top three priorities could be around, uh, you know, spiritual goals, you know, maybe the impact you want to make in the kingdom of God, you know, it becomes like your number one headline goal for 2024, you know. Then maybe you have a second one about whatever investments you want to make, maybe you want to get a property or you want to, whatever it is, you know, that could be your second big goal. Or in some cases, it might be that maybe you want to transition from paid employment to start your own business. That can be your, you know, your priority, you know, in 2024. Whatever it is, you need to be able to just clearly say that, okay, these are the three most important things for me as far as 2024 is concerned. I mean, for some people, it might be to get married. You know, it's very critical. It's very important. 
for some people, it might be to strengthen their relationship with their spouse, you know, whatever it is. At that personal level, you need to be able to articulate what are those very important things that will give you the utmost satisfaction in 2024, highlighting them, highlighting them clearly, highlighting them clearly. And once you've completed the once you've completed the three priority areas, you know, alongside with all of this planning, you need to be able to track them. You need to be able to track your goals, track your plans. And this is where we encourage people to have diaries. This is where we encourage people to have vision board. You know, the concept of vision board is for you to have the clear visualization of what you're anticipating the clear visualization of what you're anticipating. You see, the Bible talks about as a man thinks in his heart, so is as a man thinks in his heart. That's the, that's the way it is for the man, right? So what it means is that whatever it is that you spend time thinking about, you know, when we pray, when we pray, when we pray in the Holy Ghost, when we believe God for things, what God does is that from our spirit, he steers us to begin to visualize things from our spirit. So when you're praying and you've not broken through, maybe you're interceding, for example, you've not broken through, you know, you still have that burden to keep praying, to keep praying, to keep praying. And as you're praying, he's bringing scriptures to your mind. You're using those scriptures to pray, confessing those scriptures. You know, and the moment you have victory, you have that joy that comes from your inside that is unleashed like a well, you know, and you just know that you have victory. When you are praying and believing God for something and you need clarity, you're praying in the spirit, praying in the spirit, the Holy Ghost from our spirit gives us images, pictures. It gives us pictures. So when you begin to see possibility from scripture, so you have a scripture, you have a word, and you begin to see that word coming alive in that situation. You begin to see the possibilities of that word in that situation. That is God enabling us to get victory out of the place of prayer. Now, while that happens in the place of prayer, it's important that we also bring that principle into our everyday living. So, for example, one of the things that must be on your vision board is the team, the unlimited God. And the scriptures, it must be on your vision board. Those are scriptures that must be on your vision board. Behold, Lord God, you know, you are the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for you to do? When you put that as your headline scripture or headline statement on your vision board with unlimited, what that does is it imposes that mindset you begin to see that there is nothing God cannot do. There is nothing God cannot do. When you go through situation challenges, it comes to you that there is nothing it cannot do. You keep seeing it. You keep seeing it. That was the same principle that God gave to Moses. I think in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 9, or 9, verse 6, you know, very interesting principle. I think it's 6, verse 9. So let me look for it. Yeah. You know, he said, you shall write, you shall write them 
Let me read from verse, let me read from verse six. It says, and these words, Deuteronomy six from verse six, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, verse eight, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. Imagine, you will put it as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Verse 9 is where I'm going to. It says, you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. You know, this is powerful. This is powerful. It means that when you have that word, when you have that instruction, when you have that vision, when you have that picture of what you want God to do, you need to make it visible. Everywhere, make it visible. Make it visible. Make it visible. It has actually been proven that people that actually use the principle of vision boarding get more results. They get more results. They get more results. And you have to think about it this way. Vision board does not only mean what you have on your wall alone. Now that most of us spend our time on our phone, what you use as your background picture of your phone and be your vision board. So people use pictures of crazy things, weird things. That's what they see every now and then. What you use as the background of your chat on WhatsApp can be your vision board. You know, we have our phone. You have notebooks on your phone. You can, everything that you put together, you can put it on a note such that you can easily open everywhere you are. You are in car your driver is driving or you are in uber you can flip it out and read you're praying in church you can flip it out and read and declare god's word over it so it's important so not just your wall at home but what you are able to carry around another important thing is please the vision board thing writing down your goal your big plan it's very important and creating like pictures for example, you want to do properties, get pictures, images that look like the kind of property you want, put it up, you know, whatever it is, there's a particular amount you want to commit to a project or you want to give to God or you want to, whatever it is that is your priority, you know, like I said, it's about your priority or perhaps you want to go and do, you want to go and do your bachelor's degree in one of the top schools in the world and you desire a scholarship, put the picture Put it on your vision board and put scholarship there. You know, what you're doing is that you are stimulating, you are helping your mind to align, to see the goal. To see the goal. One of the battles that we always have to fight is that in our spirit, man, we have answers to our prayers. We have answers to the questions that we have. But the conflict in our mind is the conflict between the realities that we are seeing versus the inspiration from our spirits. So, for example, there is the economic prediction already about the growth of the economy. But if in your spirit, God is saying you should set also target for your business, for your revenue, this is what he wants to bring to you, there will be that conflict in your mind. So what you help yourself to do is to always see pictures that aligns with the inspiration you have in your spirit. So you go through the day, you see that inspiration. You respect what's happening. You've seen that inspiration. You've seen that scholarship happening. You've seen that business expanding. You've seen those goals being achieved. 
Very important. Let's move swiftly. What good habits do I need to cultivate to replace bad ones? What good habits do I need to cultivate to replace bad ones? We've said over and over that habits don't die. You can only replace bad habits with good habits. What are the important habits that we need to cultivate? Some of those things could be, you know, reducing the time you spend on social media, for example, and replacing that with spending time to read books. Spending time to read books. If you ask yourself, how many books did you read this year? Are you happy with that? How many volume, what volume of information did you consume this year that added to that added value to you? Are you happy with that? In your area of growth, in your area of choice, even in your area of interests, you know, what volume have you consumed that help you grow, that sharpen your edge? You know, some people made commitment to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. How far did you go with it? So you have to replace those old habits, those bad habits that are taking your time. You know, with the good ones, with the good ones. And in some cases, you think that you're addicted to certain things and you need help. Get help. Get help. Get help from your pastors. Get help. You know, what is my personal development plan? What's my personal development plan as an individual? How do I want to create value, add value to myself across different areas? How much time will I spend reading relevant materials per day? And what time do I want to take advantage of? You need to decide what time you shut down, shut down. So even if your work is very demanding, you must know when to shut down and get refreshed. You know, no matter how busy you are as an entrepreneur, you must know when to shut down everything business in order to get refreshed. So what time do you want to spend to get refreshed per day? Another important question you ask yourself is, do I need an additional degree? What steps do I need to take this year towards that? We can't, we can't stop learning. We can't stop learning. We need to keep learning, keep growing in our field, in our area. You know, we have to keep learning, keep evolving, keep growing, keep adding knowledge, keep adding knowledge. Bible says that if these things be in you and abound, you know, they will make you that kind of a person that people cannot do without. In your industry, in whatever choice, whatever area of choice you are, keep adding, you know, that's very important. So then the last part is health. Is health. When will i do a comprehensive health check you know it said if you're already 40 and above you need to do comprehensive health check at least once a year at least once a year at least once a year please once and that does not exonerate those that are below 40 from doing it if you have a hmo that give you access to health check you know even though you are below 40 go for it do it it's important just to know you know, what had the, what's the state of your body? You know, one of the things that we should understand as believers is that we are not confessing negatively when we investigate these things. As a matter of fact, when you have an understanding of what's in your body, it helps you to walk in faith because you know exactly what you are addressing. You know exactly what you are addressing. There was a time, I think it was in 2018, that was just... 
I was frequently in the hospital, you know, every now and then, you know, and all that. Then I realized, I just needed to do comprehensive checks and all. And I did that. Then I realized, okay, this, 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 and that. It was very easy for me to use my faith because I knew what exactly I'm using my faith for. So it's important to have clarity, you know, do health check. Clearly now that him has become almost a general thing, particularly, I mean, it's a requirement for employers. So please use it. What is my physical fitness plan? You know, this part, I'm also activating my plan for, for 2024. Physical fitness. Bible says that bodily exercise profits a little. We have to take advantage of that little in 2024. You know, what little exercise you want to take advantage of in 2024? You know, the truth is COVID has brought a sedentary lifestyle a lot of us you know before covid you have to physically be in so many places before things get done you know but since covid that businesses organizations have seen that hey we can get a lot by just i mean we are holding now right and you're joining from different locations you know in nigeria and perhaps all around the world this is what has happened so i can I can share from here, you know, Pastor can join from his home. The moderator of the platform can join from his home. That's what, you know, COVID has exposed us to. And it's also show how advanced we are right now in technology in the world, right? One internet is, is down, then you switch to another internet and you still continue. So by so doing, it has brought us a very sedentary lifestyle. So we must intentionally plan for fitness. And by the time you are leaving, after you've sat down for this number of prayer, you want to leave to go and get things, you get in the car and drive there. That's not an exercise. You do all of the things you want to do, then you come back, then you sit again, you know? So we need to plan for our physical fitness. This is very important um, as believers. The Bible said it, bodily exercise profits a little. But godliness is profitable to all things. But the little that body exercise gives, we need to benefit from it. What do I need to remove or add to my meal? This is also very important. You know, the reason why the health part is also critical is because this body is what God has given to us to do his will on earth. This body, this body that we carry is the access that we have to this part, to this health. The reason why when we look around, we don't see spirits sitting in our midst in the spirit body is because they don't have access to these heads. They need to get through somebody that has a body to manifest on these heads. So we need to take care of those body that God has given us. And when you think about it, how many years more would you want your body to go? Bible says that the number of your years I will fulfill. That's what it says. It says long life I will satisfy you. That's his promise. So meaning that we make a choice of how long you will really want to stay. Apostle Paul says that for me to die, you know, for me to live is Christ and for me to die is gain. Meaning that yes, I can make a choice. I want to stay. I don't. That's the reality of a believer, right? So the question now is, how long more do you want to stay in this body? 
And if you're anticipating that you still want to carry the body for another 50 years, another 70 years, in some cases, maybe some is anticipating another 100 years, if Jesus tarries in his coming, then you need to also ask yourself that the way you are managing the body now, can the body realistically carry? So those are the things that we want to now deliberately start acting on. Almost like, you know, the way a child that is not attending lectures, not submitting assignments, should be worried that at the end of this semester, am I going to pass or fail? That's the same way somebody is not treating his body right. should also be concerned about how far the body is going to carry. So that's why we have to be intentional about it. So what do I need to be removing from my meal? You don't need to consume all the red meat. You don't need to eat all the meat. You don't need to eat according to your pocket, right? You don't need to consume everything. So you need to understand what is enough. What news platform, blog, social media group, posting, uh, traumatic messages do I need to shut off for healthy mental well-being? You see, people have become sophisticated in how they share this news now. How do you want to keep your mental sanity? One of the things that I've come to conclude is that because a lot of people that have issues, emotional issues, low self-esteem and all of that, hardly get the chance to, to hear their opinion. They've now taken to different social media platforms as where to display some of those their thing, right? So even when you see a post that makes sense, that logically makes sense, you will see somebody coming on that post to say something that does not make sense, you know, to twist the open at the end of it, just to gain attention. So you have people like that, and you cannot live by the responses that people like that give. You have to look beyond them. And there are some WhatsApp group that you belong or people that you have that we always send you. The only thing they send is the number of people that cowers or the number of people that bicycle has killed or the number of people that fell from, you know, all of those things. You have to avoid them for mental well-being. You have to avoid them for mental well-being. If you are the kind of person that those things get to you very easy, Oh, this number of people died. This thing happened. This kidnapped. That's one, you know, and all of that. I know if you stay with the media, there are certain media houses like CNN, for example, you rarely find CNN publishing good news. If you sit with CNN for one hour, they will spend 45, 50 minutes telling about all the bad things happening in the world. Then it takes five minutes to just touch on something that is positive. Then the remaining five minutes, they will show you advance. You know, I mean, that's generally what you see. So you need to protect your mind from these things. You need to protect your mind from these things. Who do I have as a personal counselor or confidant that I can share issues with? I think in 2024, it's not that year that you just bottle up all the issues. You know, so many things that we bottle up that affecting us negatively, you know, are also impacting on our health. So you need to make the decision that in 2024, I mean, I at least have one confidant. I should have a personal counselor. You know, if at all you don't even have a personal counselor, you don't have a confidant, you should be able to open to your pastor. And if you can't, I mean, you should have someone that you can share with. You should have someone that you can share with. You know, some of your struggles, the issues, the challenges, you need to open up to someone. And how do you intend to contribute to the mental well-being of people around you in 2024? 
It's very important. How do I be a blessing to people? How do I, you know, help people quench the whole fear, the whole panic that they might be having? How do I be a blessing to people? And that's why where there is a group where people are always sharing bad, bad things. You contribute positive news. Share scriptures. Share scriptures. I mean, God bless those that always have scriptures on their from time to time, you know, origin words. That's that's good. That's good. That's good. Those are ways to be a blessing to, you know. We must decide that we are not going to contribute to, you know, people people's negative mental well-being but we're going to help people to have a better well-being you know in the new year as we put together all of those plans across the spheres you must remember the action in genesis chapter 41 that joseph took after the revelation came joseph presented after interpreting the revelation he presented the plan made the plan of how they're going to be storing grains in different parts across the city. They drew the plan. And based on the plan that he presented to Pharaoh, Pharaoh appointed him that who else would be able to activate this plan? But so Pharaoh appointed him to achieve it. Without wasting time, he set out to start carrying out the stones. Now, as we put together those beautiful plans, which we must ensure that we complete before we get into the new year, the onus is on us to now start activating it. The things that you've said you want to do, start doing them. The priorities, the plans, the skills you want to acquire, activating them, very important. Your commitment to God in place of prayer, your commitment to God in terms of your giving, your commitment to your family, your commitment to your mentor, I mean, activating them as we've planned out. And as we do it, we begin to see the results. You know, the result of the activities of Joseph was very evident in the sense that by the time the drought came, they had so much. You know, you remember that his first seven years, they only the ones consumed the grain. Harvest from seven years, they consumed, sustained Egypt from it. The next seven years, they did not only sustain Egypt. They also sustained people around them. Remember that Jacob sent men from, from Israel to buy grains. He sent the brothers of Joseph, you know, to buy grains from Egypt because they said that that's the only place where there was grain. That's the power of activating your plan, working out your plan, commitment to carrying out the activities that the plan provides. So we must trust God for clarity as we plan, and most importantly, activate it. Apostle says, I have not received the grace of God in vain. You must not receive the grace in vain. He says, I labor more than they all. That is activating the grace, working out the grace. The grace will make us to learn, make us to walk, make us to do all the things that we need to do, take the actions that we need to take. The grace will keep us awake to study, you know, at night. The grace will make us go for those meetings. The grace will make us pray, will make us study. That's what the grace of God does. So please, let's make the plan. There is a provision in the in the downloadable material where you can write things out. And if you have your own personal notebook, 
in a way you write that you can also write it down. But what we encourage is that if you can print out this growth plan, print it out, fill it out, and paste it on your vision. Like I also encourage, you can copy your responses, deadline action steps, copy them, put it on your phone, on your notebook, so that when you are praying in church, you can also run them. And I trust God, you know, that we go into 2024, God will provide clarity for us in our spirits. It will enhance our ability to hear him and it will bring to pass every spoken words concerning us in the name of Jesus. This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. The Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2, Slash 3, Kudrata Biola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthousenergy.org for more.